0: to the book of, of First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm going to take a look at a malady this morning that uh, happens to us. It can happen to us anytime, but I especially notice that it has a tendency to get a hold of us during the holiday season. And so uh, we're going to take a look at this this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, let's all stand together. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. As we read verse 13, and I'd like us to read it together in unison. It's really not a very long verse, but we'll uh, jump right off of that right into the message this morning. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. Let's read together. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would give us something this morning that would come from you, that would be a blessing, be a help, be an encouragement to folks. We ask, Father, that uh, you'd help us to take a look and give us the insight from you about this business of weariness. And, uh, Father, I I pray that you'd help us to be always abounding in the work of the Lord in our hearts, in our minds, and in our actions. Lord, I pray that that you would have your will and your way in this service. I ask God that the Spirit of God would work uh, through the preaching, would work in our hearts, and as you speak to our hearts, may we respond to you. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Thank you, Lord, for your people, and thank you most of all, for the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave everything so that we could, we could have eternal life and never got weary in doing that which is right and good for us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, again, verse 13, but be but ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Uh when he says, "Be not weary and well doing," he's not talking about the fact that you can never get tired. He's not talking about the fact that you can never get get exhausted. but he's saying, "When it comes to doing right, when it comes to doing good, when it comes to being a blessing, don't ever get weary and well doing and and honestly, this is something that can get to all of us. This is something that we're, that we are all susceptible to. Hebrews chapter twelve and verse three says lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Weariness can cause, even physical weariness can sometimes cause a fainting in the mind where we just kind of throw up our hands and give up. What what exactly is weariness? Well it's 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 several it has several different facets to it. It's loss of strength by much work. Uh, And again, that in and of itself is not a problem as long as you don't let it get to your heart and to your mind. Uh, It's being tired or fatigued from physical, mental exertion, or both. Uh, And this last thing is really where the problem steps in. It can be exhibited by or lead to a loss of patience, discouragement, defeat, or anger. And that's where we don't want to go. We don't want to go in those areas. So what are, what are some causes, what are some things that have a tendency to cause us to get weary and well-doing? We're going to look at those things this morning, and then we're going to look at what the cure is for weariness and how that we can, we can prevent ourselves from getting weary and doing that which is right and pleasing to the Lord. Go to Genesis chapter 27 with me, if you would. Genesis 27 In Genesis 27, look down with me in verse 46. Genesis 27 and verse 46. It says, And Rebekah said to, to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? And this was, this was Rebecca. She was, she was concerned about the choices that her son had, had made. And, those cho- and in this particular case, this is not just people making bad choices. It's people within the family making bad choices. And that can cause you to get weary. That can cause stress. Uh, people are oftentimes the cause of weariness and well-doing. You know, I, I've, I've heard said, and you've heard me, heard me say this, you know, ministry would be wonderful if it wasn't for the people. Uh, you know, uh, people would say, well, my Sunday school would be great if it wasn't for the kids. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you don't have the kids, you don't have a Sunday school. If you don't have people, you don't have a ministry. So, so uh, people can be, can be a source of that. Go with me to Proverbs 25. Proverbs chapter 25. In Proverbs 25, look down in verse 17. It says, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Uh, You probably can think of more times when someone else has done that to you than you can think of times that you have done that to somebody else. But, but uh, people overstaying their welcome can be, a, can be a real source. And just people with, with their irritating traits can be a source of weariness and cause us to get frustrated and cause us to stop. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel 16. And really, the Word of God is full of situations where weariness has been caused 2 Samuel 16 and this is David's been run out of Jerusalem and uh, Shimei has been throwing dust clouds at him and cursing him out as as he leaves he's leaving in defeat his son has taken taken over the country and in 2 Samuel chapter 16 look down at verse 14 with me if you would It says, and the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Well, they came weary because of circumstances. They came weary because of pressures that were there. Um, You get weary when your kingdom falls apart. And it can be sometimes just as simple as things not going the way we planned. Uh, have you ever had had things all planned out and it seemed like nothing went right? It seemed like nothing went as planned. Well, that can cause real weariness, and we need to be aware of that. Uh, go to 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23, just over a couple of pages. 2 Samuel 23, and look down at verse 10. It says, He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his Hand clave under the st- sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. That says this guy was fighting so much that his, that he, he became so weary that his hand just kind of clave to the sword, just stuck to it. Uh, but it was due to weariness. Now, in this particular case, this is a good example of someone who handled physical weariness properly. He got weary in body. But he did not get weary in mind, and he did not let the weariness of his body dictate whether or not he finished the battle. And even though he was weary, he still continued, and he still did that which God would have him to do. But when you fight for right, when you have to stand up against sin, when you have to stand against wrong, when you have to at work, Make a stand for that which is good, right, and proper. In your family, uh, you have to, you know, as fathers, uh, if, you, if you father properly, okay, there are going to be many times when as fathers you're going to be the bad guy. And uh, that can get wearisome, constantly battling for that which is right. Uh, go to Job chapter 10. Job chapter 10, and we have all been in this one. Job chapter ten. If you know the story of Job, he had everything taken from him, and and uh, he lost his in just a, a day or so. He lost his he lost his uh, uh, family. He lost all of his kids died. His house collapsed. His uh, uh, his wealth was taken. His health was eventually taken. All all that stuff was gone. And in Job chapter 10, uh, verses, verses uh, 1 and 2, uh, Job, is, Job is lamenting a little bit here, and he says, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, Do not condemn me. Shew me, wherefore, Thou contendest with me. Now, this really was the problem. The problem wasn't just that he got lambasted, but he got lambasted and had no idea why, and God had not communicated with him at all, and so he had absolutely no clue why all of these things were taking place. And you can get weary when when you have to have you have to confront continued difficulties. But with absolutely no explanation, you don't have any idea of why those things are taking place. Go with me to to, uh, Psalm 6, and this kind of goes hand in hand with that. Psalm 6, next book is the book of Psalms. Psalm 6, verses 6 and 7. Psalmist says, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. My, "'Mine eye is consumed because of grief. "'It waxeth old because of all mine enemies.'" Um, the, uh, the thing he's speaking of here is just is simply a, a broken heart. He's talking about being overwhelmed with, with grief and sorrow. Go to Psalm 69 and look at verse 3. 69 verse 3. "'I am weary of my crying. "'My throat is dried.'" mine eyes fail while i wait for my god uh again he's just pouring his heart out to god and he's pouring it out so much that he can't cry anymore he's so stricken with grief and this is this is the grief of a broken heart um i remember years ago right here in this church when uh, 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 i was attending to my dad who had gone to the hospital several times uh, in the end of his life and he was, he was in the hospital and uh, we went and saw him on Saturday in fact Pastor Jared went with me he had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit that day about his soul my dad was not saved as far as I know unless he trusted Christ uh, in private I don't know but uh, uh, we, uh, we, we had been going back and forth an awful lot and then that night I got a phone call, and I remember I was sleeping at the time, it was 4 o'clock in the morning. I got a phone call, and it was my brother, and uh, he told me that my dad had passed away, and he had died. I, w- I did go back to sleep, but when I woke up, I woke up crying. And uh, it was on Sunday. It was on a Sunday morning. Uh, I was so overcome, and-, and I knew you folks. And by the way, this is a compliment, okay? This is nothing else. This is a compliment. I knew that if I came here because of your merciful heart, you would have me in tears all morning long. And so I said, you know what, I'll do the service a favor, I'll do the church a favor by not coming. And you know me, I I don't make any excuses for not coming to church. I I try to come every single time I can. But I really did believe that I could not hold it, because just the grief, it was just overwhelming. Uh, Pastor Jared and I, I believe you were over at the house that day, and uh, we passed the hallway. I looked at him, he looked at me. We both started bawling. Uh, grief can do that. Grief can, can and now, is there anything wrong with grief? No, no, if you're grieving for the right reasons, that's a good thing. Just understand how susceptible you are in the middle of that grief. You are susceptible. You are vulnerable. And you, you need need to, to realize that. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Here's another, another cause of weariness. Proverbs chapter 3. And in Proverbs 3, look down in verse 11. Proverbs 3, 11. It says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. And you know what? Uh, Uh, When you you speak of of weary of his correction, I'm sure that there are many times that God is very tired of having to chasten us. Uh, Yet he continues because he is faithful, and I'm glad that he is. It's the faithfulness of God that, that causes the chastening in our lives to continue until we get it right. By the way, God does not chasten us like oftentimes we chasten our children. Uh, you might chasten your children and then, then let up and be inconsistent. God is not inconsistent. Uh, he will keep on us and keep on us and keep on us until we get it right. But understand this, and I think, I think when it comes to chastening of the Lord, one of the things that will, will cause you to not get weary of it and to quit in the middle of it is that you're being chastened by a loving God. If you're saved if you know for sure that your sins are forgiven because you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he is concerned about you. And the Bible says, he whom he loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You've heard the old adage, uh, I do this, son, because I love you. And the kid looks at dad and says, yeah, right, that doesn't feel like love to me. Well, the truth of the matter is, we do that same thing with God. And the whole reason why God allows and brings chastening into our life is because he does care for us and because he does love us and because he doesn't want us to quit. And he doesn't, he, he's doing it for our benefit so that we can get pure, so we can get right, so that we can draw close to him. And because of that, he said, Don't be weary uh, when the Lord chastens you. Look in, in, if you would, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, look in verse 12. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Lydia, would you agree with that? <laughs> She's got a break from school. She's getting ready to go back to uh, to two weeks of school and many, many tests. And uh, much study is a weariness of the flesh. It can get you weary. But again, let it let it get you physically weary. Let it even get you a little mentally weary, but don't let it affect your attitude. And don't quit as a result of the weariness. Go to Isaiah 47. By the way, sometimes that mental exertion, whether it be through study or whether it be through other things, uh, that, that mental exertion can sometimes cause you to get more wearied than even the physical exertion can do. And, and again, when we get to that state, we need to understand that we are vulnerable and we are, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, can, we can fall and get wearied in our minds because of that. Um, Isaiah chapter 47, and look down with me in verses 8 through 13. Isaiah 47, verse 8. It says, Therefore, hear now. This, thou that art given to pleasures, and this is Isaiah speaking to Israel, thou that art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me, I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. He's warning He's warning the nation. They shall come upon thee in their their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy, Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. Now, when you say I am, what you're saying is I am God, I am in control, And that's exactly what Israel was saying, because nothing had happened yet. Verse 11, Therefore shall evil come upon thee, thou shalt not know from whence it riseth, and mischief shall fall upon thee, thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments, and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth, if so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the the, uh, monthly prognosticators, that's the zodiac stuff, uh, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come, upon thee. now what he's talking about here is they they they're wearied because of their of their mistrust they're trusting in the, in the wrong things nothing has happened yet and they have they have trusted in things that are false they've t- trusted in things that are wicked And no consequences have come upon them yet. And he says that they are wearied because of the councils. What has happened here is that they've gotten weak. And because they have not taken care of sin in their lives and they have not repented and turned to God, this this whole thing has weakened them and caused them to be wearied. And sometimes you you can be in that state and not even know it. You can have somebody like Isaiah did come right up to you Get you, you know, right in your face and say, listen, this is your problem and you don't even see it. As the, as the, the children of Israel, that was the way that they responded to him. Um, you can't do wrong and expect God to bless you. And they were expecting that, that the things would just continue as they were. And because of that, he said that they were wearied, even they didn't even know it. Go to Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4, and if you know anything about Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a guy that was sent to do an impossible task. He was told ahead of time that, you know, they're not going to listen to you, but it's still right for you to warn them, and I want you to be my messenger, and so he did. There's no recorded uh, converts that Jeremiah ever had from the standpoint of nobody repented. Uh, You find instead he was mocked, he was ridiculed, And and as I said, God God warned him of all those things uh, before he even got started. In chapter 4, in verse 31, down in verse 31, the last verse of the chapter, it says, For I have heard a voice, as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that, that bringeth forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hands, saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. Uh, Sin will weary you. The sins of others will weary you. And and this was Jeremiah. Jeremiah was wearied because of of the sins of the people, and that led him to this. Go to Jeremiah chapter 20. And look in verse, verse 9, actually start in verse 7. He says, O Lord, and this is Jeremiah speaking, nobody's listening to him, everybody's mocking him, everybody's turning their back on him, nobody's repenting, and this is his life ministry. Verse 7, he says, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Now that's not true, because God told them that they were going to be s- stubborn and hard-hearted. Thou art stronger than I, that's true, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Now understand, he was called to do that. And he got, he got so upset with the whole thing, that of the response and he got so discouraged that he just said, look, I quit. I'm done. And then he then goes on to say, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. Uh, he got weary fighting God. And can I tell you, uh you if you start fighting God on an issue It's going to wear you down. God's not going to wear down. You're going to wear down. And you're going to become very, very weary in that fight and in that battle. Go to Ezekiel chapter 24. Ezekiel 24. Here's another thing that causes weariness. Ezekiel 24, and look down with me in verse 12. Ezekiel 24, verse 12. She hath wearied herself with lies, and her great scum went not forth out of her. Her scum shall be in the fire. So she wearied herself with lies. She wearied herself with lies. Lying and living a lie will become very, very, very wearisome. Uh, I have met not a lot of them, but I have met a few Perpetual habitual liars in my time and and I'll tell you what uh, lying is a dead end street you you lie once, then you have to lie twice, you lie twice, you gotta lie three times, you lie three, and then you got to remember all the details of the previous lie. You know what that is that's pretty wearisome wouldn't it just be <laughs> be better just to tell the truth and just to be straight and to be upright because because lying will uh, will cause will cause weariness go to habakkuk chapter 2 habakkuk chapter 2 habakkuk chapter 2 You say, where in the world is Habakkuk, and is that even a book in the Old Testament? Yes, it is. It's, uh, this will help you. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 is on page 956 in my Bible. I don't know if that helps you at all, but uh, if you've got an old Schofield, it does, because they're all the same. Habakkuk chapter 2, down in verse 13. It says, Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity. Vain labor. Uh, th- this speaks of, of Babylon. This speaks of the world. And uh, when, when we labor and we work at things that do not count, we work and, I kill, and we kill ourselves for that which is empty, with that which gives, gives no, no meaning, has no purpose. And the Bible says that we we can get very, very weary in that. One more, and this one's in the New Testament. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And in John chapter 4, look down at verse 6. This is speaking of Jesus. Actually, let's go to verse 1, get the context. When therefore the Lord knew... How the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey... Sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now, obviously, it's not it's not wrong to be wearied, because Jesus was weary. But he was wearied physically. And again, understand that daily travel and and exertion and even just our daily schedules, uh, doing what we must do, oftentimes can cause us to get. Physically weary, and what you never want it to do is to cause you to be weary in your minds. Go, go to uh, look in in uh, John four. Look in verse four. It says he must needs go through Samaria. So it was something that he had to do. It was a place that he had to go, and it was something that that the Lord wanted him, that the Father wanted him to do, and uh, and yet even when we do that, which is right, oftentimes that, that uh, th- those exercises in right can cause us to get weary. Now, how can we prevent weariness of the mind? Because that's where the danger comes. Danger comes when we get wearied in our minds. One of the things that, that can be, a, a, and this is a physical cure, not a spiritual cure, but you know sometimes what you need to do? Sometimes you just need to put the brakes on. Sometimes you just need to to stop, and you need to rest. One of the things that Jesus did a lot, you can see this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can find that as he was was doing things with his disciples, as he was preaching and teaching, going into the synagogues, got a lot of opposition, but the Bible says that they, they went apart so they could rest a while. And he did that often. Uh, he did that. Why? Well, because he knew they needed that. Sometimes the solution is a physical one. Is just listen. Before you start getting weary in your mind, put the brake on. Maybe you just need to 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 just just uh, uh, relax for a little bit and go off to the side and get some some refreshment. But there are other things that we could do. There other things that are cures for mental weariness, when we start getting um, weary in our minds, when we start thinking about not being as faithful to God, whether it be church services, Bible reading, whatever, uh, we, we, we we start having those tugs on our hearts and on our souls, and there's some things that we can do to prevent that weariness. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40 got six things that we can do to prevent weariness. Isaiah chapter 40. And look in verse Look in verse 31. It's a very familiar verse to many of you, I'm sure. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, "But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles; they shall run and not be weary; and they shall walk and not faint. Now that says that that one of the things that will prevent weariness is waiting upon the Lord, looking to Him patiently until He fulfills the needs. And then while you're doing that, I think really that waiting upon the Lord has a, a, a twofold meaning to it. Number one is to be patient and realize that your timing is not His timing, That your ways are not His ways, your thoughts are not His thoughts. But then secondly, get busy while you're waiting. Waiting does not just mean to sit down and do nothing. Waiting means to be patient on God, but in the meantime, we also wait upon Him from the standpoint of serving Him and being, being a blessing to our God. You can do that by looking to Him patiently to fulfill needs, by serving the Lord on a daily basis, by by meditating on his person and his promise. All the way through the Bible, there's there's promise after promise. I was challenged real early in my Christian life, uh, and I don't know that his figure was right. I don't know that it was right. It might be more, it might be less, I don't know. But I had a preacher tell me, he says, listen, there are 3,000 promises in this book that every Christian can grab a hold of and claim for his own. How many do you know, and how many have you claimed? Wow, 3,000 of them. And I, again, I hadn't been saved for very long, so I knew very, very few of those promises. And uh, I realized, whoa, I, I've got a great God, and I need to stick my nose in a book and spend some time thinking about who He is and the promises that He makes. And then another thing we can do when we're waiting on the Lord is if you're brokenhearted, cry out to Him. And you, you know... You may be a person that's not necessarily terribly emotional, uh, but you know what? It's all right to do that with God. It's all right to pour out your heart. It's all right to let him know your frustrations. One of the the books that has been one of the the biggest blessings to me, actually two books, is the book of Jeremiah and the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, you find, find the psalmist crying out to God uh, whether it be David or whether it be another psalmist, and they're just pouring their heart out to the Lord. That's a good thing to do, especially when you're frustrated, especially when you start feeling like you're getting weary. A book of, I, uh, of, uh, of Jeremiah Jeremiah, uh, you know, said, Thou hast deceived me, and I have been deceived. Now, what, did God deceive him? No, but he thought he hadn't, so he was just honest before God. You know, now I'm not talking about being disrespectful to God. We never should be disrespectful to God. And all God's people said, uh, you know, really, never be disrespectful. But honest and open and say, well, I thought this and you gave me that. And how come this is? Okay, that is a good thing to do. Because you find over and over again. One of the things I love about the book of Psalms Many of those psalms start out very, very negative, very, you know, very down, very discouraged. You come to the end of the psalm, and they're trusting in God, and they're praising the Lord. Same psalmist, same person, didn't switch somewhere in the middle of the psalm. It it just continued. Why? Because when you pour out your heart to God, and you're honest before God... God will minister to you. So, first of all, wait upon the Lord. Serve Him, and then be patient. And then then secondly, go to Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, look down in verse 13. It says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper... But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now, when we start getting weary, one of the things that we need is we need mercy. And uh, we, need to be, we need to be right with God. So we need to confess our sin. We need to repent. We need to surrender to God. And here's the reason why. Because sin will wear you down. You've heard me say this. I've said it here recently. Sin is absolutely never your friend. Never. Never. Sin will do you damage. You do wrong, and sin sin will will do you wrong. Uh, it never does does you any good. But but not only does it is it never your friend, but it will wear you down, and you will get weary in other areas if you don't take care of the sin. Maybe a sin that nobody else knows about. Maybe a sin that's private. Maybe just a Uh, 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 a heart attitude that you have but sin will always wear you down and it's never your friend if we confess our sins the bible says in first john 1 9 he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness you ever you ever been just really 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 dirty i mean physically you know, you, you go on out and you, I don't know, you work, you work in a garden or, you know, one time I was, I was uh, in Springfield, Missouri. I was down in the basement of one of these old buildings and, and I was uh, pulling down, it was a, a one-time job, one afternoon job, pulling down these uh, slats that were in the ceiling. They must have been there 150 years. I mean, they were there for a long time. Uh, they had, what however long they were there, they probably had 150 years worth of dust on them. You pull that stuff down, the dust all goes in the air. I have never felt so dirty, physically dirty in my whole life. And I can remember uh, getting in the car and going back to my dormitory and blowing my nose, and I got black snot coming out of the nose. It was a mess. And uh, I, But I got in the shower, and I scrubbed my hair, I scrubbed everything. Man, when I walked out of the shower, I... Felt good. Now, I was tired from the the, the work I did that afternoon. But man, I felt good. Why? Because it feels good to be clean. (laughs) Being clean does not make you weary. Being clean refreshes you. And that's why it says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just always to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Third thing, go to John chapter 4. And this is back where we were a little while ago when Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And he spoke that day with a woman at the well. And uh, in John chapter 4, if you look with me in verse... John chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now go down to verse 31 and 32. The disciples, after he had talked to her and witnessed to her, she had believed on him, and she went, and she told the men in the city, and a bunch of men came out to listen to Jesus, and uh, in, in uh, verses 31 through 34, it says, In the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work." Uh, what he was doing there was that he was witnessing and he was right smack dab in the middle of the will of god one of the things that will prevent weariness is having a desire to please god and to do his will and to know that you are doing exactly what god would have you to do Um, you know, you go on out and whatever it might be, whether it be for the, you know, we've got folks that are working very, very hard for the play and the, uh, that's uh, coming up. The choir's working hard. The actors and actresses are working hard. The directors working hard. The song leaders working hard. Uh, Everybody, the piano players, everybody's working hard. Uh, you know, it, it, and 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 when Sunday night comes and the thing is completed, they'll say, phew, I'm glad that's over. But you know what? That's, that's a weariness physically, but not mentally, because they made sure the job got done. And that's what Jesus did. He said, listen, He said, I, I, I've come to do the will of my Father. Because they saw him, and he seemed to be refreshed. He seemed, he, he seemed to not be weary as he was when they left him and that's because witnessing serving god just having a desire to please him is a is a thing that will prevent that weariness of the mind go to uh, luke chapter 18 luke chapter 18 put one finger in luke 18 one in galatians 6 luke chapter 18 And then over in Galatians chapter 6. And in Luke 18, look in verse 1. And Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint if you get weary in your minds, eventually you will faint. And he's saying that one of the things that will prevent that weariness and prevent that that fainting is prayer. Go to Galatians chapter 6 and look down at verse 9. Actually, go to verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My, my tendency, uh, and again, this is just I'm, uh, m- probably my sinful nature, I have a tendency to always look at the negative things. And, and whenever I read 7 and 8, the thing that sticks out is sow into the flesh, of the flesh reap corruption. God is not mocked. But there's another side to those verses. And the other side to the, those verses are sow to the Spirit, and of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And he's, he's, he's saying that, listen, if you put in the right seed, you're going to get a crop. Why? Because God is not mocked. He's not going to let his reputation for being God be tarnished. So if you plant the right seed, if you do the right things, if you if you you uh, live for God, that will never be for naught. And and we ought to plant the right seeds and we ought to do good so that we because we know that there is a crop coming. Uh you you may pray for the next five weeks and not see an answer to prayer right away but don't quit don't stop the tendency is is to get weary in the well-doing because we don't see the results immediately listen there's nobody here that has ever planted a garden and planted the garden on monday and went out on tuesday and and was able to pick fruit out of that garden unless you had some other plants that were there before uh, you, you've not been able to do that. Why? Because you have to wait. You have to wait. And what God's saying here is, is just simply pray, plant the right seeds, do what's right regardless of the circumstances, and because of who God is, you don't, you don't have to worry because there is a harvest coming, and he will be faithful to his character. One last thing and I'm done. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. This is probably the best note to to end on. Hebrews 12. And down in verse 3, actually, let's let's start. Let's go up to verse 1. Let's get the context. It says, "Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and those are the people that he spoke of in chapter 11." Let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which shall so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now notice verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners, against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. How do we get wearied and faint in our minds? We forget about Jesus. We forget about what he did for us. Consider what he did for you. Consider what he endured for you. And in comparison, the things that we have to endure and the things that we have to put up with are nothing in comparison to what He did for us. What did He do for us? He died on the cross. He died not just for your sins and mine. He died for the sins of the whole world. The Bible says He became sin for us. He became sin. He took our sins in His own body on the tree. And He, he, took, he took the judgment of God for all of those sins. And, and above all, He did not quit. Why? Because he did not get wearied in his mind. His his whole attitude was not my will, but thine be done. Lord, this may be tough. This may be difficult. This may be uh, more than I think I can bear, but you can give me the strength. And I don't want my will to be done, but I want your will to be done. It's okay to get tired, but never let that tiredness become a wearisome of the mind and heart, because if it does, then there's a tendency to throw up our hands and quit. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, every one of us, within the sound of my voice this morning, are vulnerable. Every one of us are weak. Every one of us can get weary. And have gotten weary. But Lord, may that weariness not go into our heart and go into our mind and go into our spirit. Because when we become weary of spirit, then we start backing off of the things that you would have us to do. And then, Lord, we, we end up having bigger problems than we ever would have had otherwise. And you're not pleased. You know, the bottom line, really, with, of this, this whole message is that we ought to do what we do because we want to please you. That was the Lord Jesus Christ's attitude when he was on this earth. He wanted to please you, Father. And our hearts ought to be likewise bent, uh, that we might want to please you. May we do those things that will help us to not be weary in well-doing and not to faint in our minds. I I pray, Lord, there might be someone here, this morning, that's here without Jesus Christ as Savior. If they die today, they're not absolutely positive they go to heaven to be with you. And probably life has become very worrisome for them. And uh, there might be some some trials that are pulling and tugging on their heart. God, uh, help them to see that it's not those trials and difficulties that are the biggest problem. The biggest problem they have is unforgiven sin. They need to trust you as Savior even today. And know for sure that their sins are forgiven because Jesus paid it all. We pray, God, for those that are here this morning, they're saved and maybe are starting down that road, maybe already there. And maybe have even asked the question, uh, what's the sense in doing what I'm doing? What's the sense in living for God? I pray, God, that you'd help them to see the importance of not being weary in well-doing, not being faint in our minds so we can continue on so we can fight a good fight we can finish our course and we can keep the faith god i pray that you'd bless this invitation work in our hearts and as you do help us god to respond to you in jesus name we pray amen so i'll stand